Hiya. Welcome back to Miss Adventurous. It's me, Tiffany Rouge, and I thought it was time to bring this podcast into a different direction. So I give you not just your average wallflower, and I'm going to be talking to action makers. So when you look at a wallflower, they look pretty, they sit there, and that's sort of all their intention is. They're a fly on the wall, but they look nice. And these are people that maybe have that wallflower vibe to them. They're, you know, aesthetically pleasing or they're attractive or they're just people who you might otherwise look over and miss, but they are enacting change. And I'm speaking to people who take action and who are trying to leave the world in a little bit of a better place than the way that they found it. I'll be talking to people about what they're doing, their ethos, why they're doing what they're doing or why they are the way that they are, how they came to be about it, looking at things that uh, really get them going, their issues and the way that they see the world. So our very first, not just your average wallflower, is Andrea. So Andrea, I came across when I started working the radio station that I currently work for and she works in sales, but she's got a lot of her own sort of vibe and energy going on. And she's someone who has a bit of a side hustle that I think is personally killing it at the moment. (laughs) She's a makeup artist, sells her own lashes, a blogger, YouTuber extraordinaire. How are you doing? Wow. Thank you. Jeez, what an introduction. (laughs) Um, How do I do it? Hustle. Mm. A lot of like hard work, late nights, um, as you said, working a full-time job and especially being in sales, which can be quite a high pressure environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually find that doing the blogging and um, YouTube is really like nice outlet for me because I do. I have always been quite a creative person. I um, grew up playing music, and that was always my creative outlet. And then I, as I grew grew older, it sort of turned into the makeup artistry, and even the lash line. That was again a way for me to be able to uh, have an outlet for my creativity. So I was able to produce something, and it was yep. just so nice being able to create something that was mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really enjoyed doing that. So it's a lot of hard work, but I think when it's something that you're truly passionate about and you enjoy it it doesn't really feel like work it just yeah. feels like leisure time I guess so yeah yeah that's how I do it let's go back to the lashes because it's a really strange thing to sort of want to bring out your own line of lashes you know how did that idea come about so I think I've always been quite entrepreneurial and mm-hmm. I've known for a long time that I wanted to come out with a product. Uh, I just didn't know what that was. So I started doing a bit of research and as a makeup artist, I noticed that there was a bit of a gap in the market for high quality lashes that were reusable. So, I mean, you get your standard lashes that you can buy down at Priceline. You know, they say that they are reusable. You wear them a couple of times and they're good for the bin after that. Mm-hmm. Like they're just cheap quality, you know, you're not going to get much use out of them. Yeah. So I really wanted to be able to source um, high quality lashes that were also vegan and cruelty free. Cool. So over about a year, I was just doing my R and R. R and R. Can you uh, define uh, it? Research and oh god, what's the second R stand for? R and R research and R and D. Research and development. Ah, okay. So, you know, I'm thinking R&R, um, is, which is rest and relaxation, <laughs> which is what I need, and that's where I got R&R. No, 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 sorry, yeah. R&D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, research and development. So for the previous 12 months and just 
did lots and lots of research and contacted different suppliers until I found uh, someone that I was happy with and went sort of back and forth with the sample process and just made sure that the quality was there. And then I had to design the packaging, which was a lot of fun. And yeah, I think I've come out with a product that I'm really proud of now. So yeah, yeah, it's exciting. How is business? Like, are you, is it a constant thing? Do you have to sort of drive a little bit of the marketing for it? So it's definitely starting to get a lot more uh, constant now. Cool. I think when I first started out, it was a little bit sporadic here and there, but I think that's like all new b- businesses. So mm-hmm. uh, at this point now, it's um, business is a lot more regular and I'm making sort of regular sales every month. That's good. And um, now pretty much with every makeup booking, nine times out of 10 people will also purchase the lashes. Right. Because they, you know, I, I show them the two different options, just your standard lash, which is like your drugstore lash, and then I'll show them my lashes and mm-hmm. usually they'll be wowed by the quality, <laughs> which I'm always really, really flattered about. And, I, you know, it was always a goal of mine to be able to make something that people were really proud to wear and ha- have it as an item that they were, you know, love to just have in their handbag with them and mm-hmm. have it be something that's something nice and luxurious for them to be able to purchase and splurge for themselves. Yeah. So it's always quite flattering when people do choose to go with my lashes. And I think these days there's a big um, interest in quality. Like these days, I think, you know, back five, ten years ago, it was more about quantity over quality. Mm-hmm. And now that's why you've got, um, you know, huge big Instagram followings of mm-hmm. people that are doing quality things because people care about the things that they have. And, and if you're going to bring out something that is qualitative, it's mm-hmm. – in a way for me, like I would rather choose to have one good quality thing mm-hmm. than five inferior quality mm. of the same thing. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah, I think it's definitely um, what's the saying that they say, buy once, buy well, something like that. Yeah. But basically what I did, I wanted it to still be really, really great value for money. Mm-hmm. So I sell my lashes for $30 each, but that's you do get, well, yeah, you do get 15 uses out of them. So when you work it out like that, it's $2 per use. Yeah. When you compare that to your drugstore lashes that cost maybe 8 to $10 for a set of lashes and they only last you, like, let's be real, they look good the first time and the second and third times you're wearing them, they're looking pretty manky so yeah you know when you actually look at it that way it's Mm -hmm. actually a lot better value for money Mm -hmm. um so even though it is you know considerably more expensive than your drugstore lash you're going to get a longer life out of the lash yeah but it looks like it's only really three times the price really were you talking eight to ten dollars for that Mm -hmm. and you're getting way more use out of it it seems pretty good yeah so I, i wanted it to be something that was going to be really good value for money for the consumer and it sounds like you're really passionate about this sort of stuff yeah, I am. Um, like I said previously, I've always been very entrepreneurial from a young age. So I'm, I'm just really fascinated by business in general. Mm-hmm. I find it really interesting and I hope one day to be able to run multiple businesses for myself. And I, I just, I thrive off learning about different marketing, um, different m- marketing styles and um, especially digital marketing. I think, you know, in the era now of uh, social media, mm-hmm. I think it's such a powerful tool as well. So I'm really enjoying like doing the the YouTube and the blogging and mm-hmm. I'd love to get into podcasting one day too so <laughs> we'll see how we go. Yeah I mean it seems that like you're really uh, into like self-development mm. and that sort of thing Definitely. so what what's I guess one sort of motto or thing that you try and live by the most? 
when it comes to self-development? Well, for me, it's more so when I'm dealing with other people, I always try to assume the best in other people. So I don't know if that's so much about myself, but I always try to assume the best in other people and in situations. So whenever I'm thrown a situation that, you know, it's an unfortunate situation, I always try and look on the bright side of things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that was always taught to me, especially by my dad. He was always very much a glass half full. And whenever there was like a negative situation in our life, it was always like, okay, but how can we turn this around and, and use this as a learning experience? Yeah. So I guess that is self-development. Yeah. So basically just... It's like positivity. Yeah. Like always trying to, to view the glass half full rather mm-hmm. than half empty. It doesn't matter how bad a situation is. There's always someone out there that's... But de- dealing with something worse. Yeah. And that's not to take away from when bad things happen to you because everyone's entitled to feel the way that they feel. But I always will try and look for a lesson. Like, I believe that everything happens for a reason. Rather than dwelling on the negative, I always try and look for a positive in the situation. And it's only natural that you, you know, you might have, you know, your down days where you do, you know, feel sorry for yourself for a day or two. But I try not to let it uh, hang around for longer than that. I think it's really important to be able to pick yourself back up again. And um, I really believe in the law of attraction. So I think what you think about, um, you will attract into your life. Yeah, I think in a way it's, it's sort of like... Like manifesting things in in that sense where it's really strange but some of the things that I never even thought would happen to me well mm-hmm. I, I had a one momentous thought like oh wouldn't it be nice if this happened mm-hmm. and then not ever put any sort of thought or effort past that into getting whatever it was and then before I know it like I was nominated for an ACRA and I never like I at once wow. I thought hey wouldn't it be nice if I won that ACRA that I entered only because it was I was told to do it by my boss and then here I was I got you know made a finalist and it was a strange thing to kind of go you really do have the ability to manifest things without even trying in that sense. Like if it's coming to you, it's coming to you and, and all you have to really do is kind of ask for it, I guess. Yeah, that's right. And I think everything, going back to everything, does happen for a mm, reason. Mm-hmm. I believe that and I believe that with the good and the bad things in your life. Yeah. But I think, uh, like you said, just putting that thought out there into mm-hmm. the universe or whatever you yeah. want to call it, mm-hmm. um, it does open you up to those opportunities. So it's like um, when they say... Say, say you're looking for a new car and you're, you know, the car that you love is a red, I don't know, a red Range Rover. Let's let's go yeah. with that. Yeah. All of a sudden now, because that is at the forefront of your mind, you're going to start seeing that car everywhere. I mean, maybe not red Range Rovers because I don't know how common they are, but... <laughs> You get the point. Yeah. So it's, you know, and you'll start seeing that everywhere. So I think by um, opening yourself up to that thought, mm-hmm. you are opening yourself up to opportunities that will allow you to achieve what it is that you have um, yeah. have thought about. It puts you, your mind, I think, further into that sort of path that you want to go when you start manifesting it. Yeah. So let's mm-hmm. talk about uh, something that sat really uh, – like I feel like we have really good chats and I, mm-hmm. and I really am on, on your sort of same level when it comes to the power of positivity. Mm-hmm. And I think we share a lot of good viewpoints. I wanted to get your thoughts on Nanette because mm-hmm. I watched it over the weekend. It's available on Netflix and it is – Incredible. Every person mm-hmm. that I speak to about watching anything, I try and drop in the fact that they need to watch Nanette. Yeah. Um, very powerful piece of comedy. Mm, very thought-provoking. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just, I think, information that needs to be put out into the world because I think everyone has such a skewed view. You know, she goes into talking about, you know, gender and gender fluidity and things like that. And mm-hmm. I think... 
there's a lot of misinformation out there. Yeah. So I think it's really important uh, what she did have to say. Yeah. And I think it was very interesting that, you know, she, like a lot of comedy, right, mm. is self-deprecation mm. and how she wanted to quit that because she recognised that self-deprecation mm. in any form is not helping. Uh, okay, like... It's not healthy. It's not healthy and it like, okay, you can get a cheap laugh for mm. it, but at the end of the day, whose expense is that laugh mm. at? It's at your own. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I'm a really big wanter of change, you know, like advocate for... Um, changing the way that we speak to ourselves Mm. because I know that there is uh, it's really easy to look in the mirror and be like, oh, I hate this about my hair colour, I hate this about my eyebrows, when there's real power in the words that you say to yourself and even in, in your own internal monologue. Well, if you tell yourself you're not good enough, you're going to think that you're not good enough and then continue to not be good enough for anything. Mm. But if you just flip the, the switch and turn around and go, actually, I am good enough, it's interesting to say that the, the positivity brings in more positivity into your life. Yeah. I think the words we speak to ourselves are so powerful. And mm. I know that for myself personally, that's an area that I really want to start working on. Mm. Um, because I think sometimes when you are on your own and just left with your own thoughts, like sometimes you can be the cruelest person to yourself. And you yeah. can say things to yourself that you wouldn't even say to your worst enemy. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, it's... That, that hit close to home, hearing mm-hmm. her talk about that. Yeah. And I think um, it's easy to break the ice by, you know, insulting yourself. Yeah. It's easy to do that. And especially with her coming from, you know, her background of being a homosexual, um, that was sort of her go-to defence mechanism Yeah, in order to fit in with people. In that way, you know, she was telling her story and wanting to relate or wanting people to relate to her and everything's like, I respected that, but I just thought it was really great that she turned around and said, you know, okay, this is this is how people were relating to me, but it was coming at my own expense and I don't want to do that anymore. Especially when it comes to, like, sensitivity. And everyone would say, oh, you're so sensitive, like looking at it as mm. a negative thing. And sensitivity shouldn't be a negative thing. Like, we're all allowed to be emotional and feel things and feel sensitive. Mm. And I think it's how you kind of deal with that sensitivity I'm sure some great inventions have come about because people were sensitive. Maybe people had sensitive eyes and, you know, their eyelashes or the the things that they they put on their eyes might not even sort of work for them and your lashes, here they are, good quality. They could be helping other people, you know. I think sensitivity is really necessary in the field of how we see ourselves but it's probably not something that we should be all the time yeah but I think it's okay if we are and you know those feelings of sensitivity come across us at some point why can't we be sensitive and I Mm. feel like I actually am naturally a very sensitive person probably a little bit too sensitive but (laughs) you are made to feel as if uh, especially within the workplace if you are sensitive Mm. it it, I find that it can actually hold you back from maybe being promoted or being seen as a leader yeah. If you are, you know, too nice to people, I guess. Working in radio, you have to have a really thick skin, mm. but it doesn't mean that you can't be sensitive. Mm-hmm. I do wonder how much of that sensitivity is seen as weakness. And then, you know, you look again at how women are quite commonly the sensitive mm. one. And is that why there is such a big difference between uh, men and women getting more opportunities? and th- Especially working in sales. So I've been in sales now coming up to six years mm. and that has definitely help me to develop a thick skin so I think in certain environments I can 
learn to switch it off. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you have your bad weeks where you've literally heard no every single day and Mm. you have to be able to detach yourself from, you know, they're not uh, rejecting me as a person. They're rejecting the product that I'm selling. Mm -hmm. And you can't, if you're, if you are overly sensitive in that situation, like you will not survive. You will become like a crumbling emotional mess. Yeah. So I've become quite good at separating, you know, um, work from, uh, my personal life. That's good. Yeah. So it's um, if someone is is saying no to me in the sales world, I don't take it as um, offensively as maybe I would when I had first started. Yeah. Um, I've learned to develop a thick skin, and I think you know certain situations do call for you to have a thicker skin. Mm. Whereas, see, in the makeup artistry side of things, uh, I think being sensitive definitely can help. So. Quite often, and this is going back to the self-deprecation, basically I, every single client that sits in my chair seems to feel the need to apologize about a certain feature, like, oh, sorry, I've got a pimple, or, wow. oh, sorry, my skin's really oily, or, you know, they'll be, apolo- oh, sorry, I haven't done my eyebrows. So I find that um, being sensitive in that situation is actually really good because I have clients then turning around and saying to me, like, oh, my gosh, you, you've made me feel so good. And, you know, because what I do, and this comes back to always looking for the good in people, mm-hmm. one of the first things I, I do when a client sits in front of me is I'll look at their features and I'll always try and pick point um, their standout feature and then I'll compliment them on that Mm. and um, it just you know I think being sensitive in that way can just really make such a difference in how someone feels and just boosting their confidence and Mm -hmm. that's where I get a real kick in what I do as a makeup artist if I can do someone's makeup and have them leave feeling so confident and feeling like they look like a superstar that's where I get my satisfaction I think the world would be a much better place if we took some more time to help other people feel good about themselves rather than trying to advance ourselves all the time. So I really agree with a lot of what Andrea is saying. And if you want to get in touch with Andrea, I will put all of her contact details, her Instagram, her YouTube channel. If you want to buy the lashes that she's talking about or even just have a suss of them, all that will be in the show notes. And if you do want to have the conversation with her or me, I'll put all the contact details in the show notes. There's also the Adventure Seekers Facebook group. If you want to continue the conversation at any point, just do a search for it on Facebook. And don't forget to hit subscribe and share it with your mates. (laughs) 